0: the Lord appeared to us in the past saying I have loved you with an everlasting love I have drawn you with unfailing kindness and I will build you up again and you O Israel will be rebuilt again you will take up your timbrels and go out to dance with the joyful again you will plant vineyards on the hills of Samaria the farmers will plant them and enjoy their fruit there will be a day when Watchmen cry out on the hills of Ephraim, Come, let us go up to Zion to the Lord our God. This is the word of the Lord. How does a community of faith respond in the face of horrific tragedy? That's what we're here to reflect on today as we gather together to worship here in uh, this great city. Scarred by the events of 9 11 20 years ago, most of us weren't here in New York at that time or here in that, the Avon Hope community, at least, I should say. Uh, some of us weren't even born. Uh, Michelle revealed to us this morning at the breakout groups that she was in eighth grade in Michigan, so she's trying to make us feel old. but we've come together today to hear from those who were a part of the Advent Hope community today as we wrestle with that, that question. How does a community of faith respond to tragedy? How did Advent Hope respond in the face of the tragedy of 9-11? Two people who were part of the Advent Hope community were lost on that day. And so we reflect remembering the great promise that we read from Jeremiah 31, that God loves us with an everlasting love and yet there is heartbreak. And so uh, Derek and Sylvia, two luminaries in the Advent Hope uh, world, are going to share with us. They were both here. Derek has been the head elder here at Advent Hope for many years. Sylvia has held many roles in, in Advent Hope through the years. And so we're honored to hear from them, their reflections on Advent Hope's journey through that time of tragedy.
1: Thank you for doing this, Todd. The memories are numerous and the stories endless, but everyone has at least one. Everyone. Very few things change the world, or the order of the world and how we live. Today the world lives differently. The events of September 11, 2001, radically changed the way we lived before that sunny morning at 8.46 a.m. when that unsuspecting plane crashed into floors 93 and 94 of the North Tower. New York came to an explosive halt and when the second plane crashed into the South Tower just 17 minutes later, dispelling all theories of an accident, Life as we lived it, the world as we viewed it, were irreversibly altered, and New York City, nay, Earth, and each of its citizens was changed forever. Only pandemics and global warming have such universal impact on planet home. I never imagined that reflecting on that day 20 years later would resuscitate a menu of raw emotions that many of us experienced that day, ranging from confusion, horror, disbelief, shock, fear, concern, and yes, relief. An awkward, perhaps selfish relief that my family and I had been spared. An estimated 2,977 people were not so fortunate and even today, 20 years later, the wounds that invariably accompany tragedy are just as painful for those who remember and those who will never know their loved ones. Everyone remembers where they were and what they were doing on that frightful morning Frankly, I don't think I've ever shared my experience, at least in not any specific detail. I was already a tightly wound ball of nerves that morning. I was starting my first homicide trial. The senior attorney I was shadowing and I entered the audiovisual room where the television was always on, just after the first plane missiled into the first tower. At 9.03 a.m., the second plane careened into the second tower. It was then that we heard a gut-wrenching scream coming from the other side of the floor. We ran in the direction of the cries and into the office of my colleague. She was sprawled on her back on the office floor, surrounded by her friends making futile attempts to console her. Her husband was in that second building. Alan and I made our way to court for our 9.30 call. The judge was stern, exact, brilliant, but unforgivingly punctual. We ran while hurriedly rehearsing the record we would make for an adjournment. Plumes of smoke darkened the southern Manhattan skyline. Could this really be an attack? We asked each other, were we officially at war? We entered the courtroom and asked to approach the bench and explain to the judge the events of the morning. She was clearly unaware and unpersuaded and looked at us disbelievingly as if we were a duet of inventive storytellers and ordered the court officers to bring in the jury. I was flustered and quickly asked for a moment to make a call. She must have sensed the urgency in my voice or face and seemed to question her skepticism. Minutes later, an executive from my office walked in and explained the gravamen of the circumstances, just as two court officers walked over to the bench and flanked the judge. One leaned over and whispered in the judge's ear. She nodded as the blood noticeably left her face called in the jury and dismissed them by the time we left the courtroom hysteria had spilled over into the streets not knowing what to make of the moment but realizing that the hour declared that everyone take cover and find safety people rushed to board already crowded buses and trains everything was shut down waiting for the entire city to be sheltered in place, uncertain of what might happen next. Later that day, I learned from Pastor Samir, who was the pastor of the church at the time, that our friend and fellow Advent hoper, Michael Bosch, who had days before been elected as the church board chairman, had reported to the World Trade Center that morning It was his first day on the job. I remember like many that day as first responders and volunteers for tireless endless hours braved the debris and chaos of the buildings and that now crumble into heaps of concrete and mangled metal. We prayed for miracles beneath that rubble. Even this year, we have learned that tragedies, whether global, domestic, or even personal, change our world. And when change is forced upon us, it demands a response from us. And that response oftentimes requires more than an obligation or a feeling. It demands a choice, a choice that comes with a question. Who do I, Derek Linton, Advent Hopper, Christ believer choose to be in this moment? Well, the answer who is in Jesus inspires us to stretch a hand to the selfish, forgive those that offend us, respect those who think and look and act and love and worship differently than we do, and love those who hate and will even harm us and those we love. This is no ordinary love. So today I hope as we remember Michael and his family and Marilyn and her family and the thousands of people who were directly impacted by this tragic history, I pray for you as I pray for myself that God will grant in each of us a transformation of heart and mind that will bring the comforting gospel of change to the world. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: On that day, I stood at the corner of 44th and 2nd Avenue on my way to the office when a fire truck went by. It was a truck for high-rise buildings. I realized at that moment that I'd never thought about what would happen to high-rise buildings in cases of fire. By the time I arrived at my office, A colleague told me that a plane had hit one of the two towers of the World Trade Center. My immediate reaction was she must be wrong. That can't be true. That's not possible. It was possible. In the days that followed you could feel the shock, the confusion, the fear in New Yorkers. We could not think or talk about anything else. What had happened? How had New York City become the target of a terrorist attack? Flyers appeared, posted in different places. Flyers with photos of smiling people who had been in the towers. People searched for their loved ones in all hospitals. Other people lined up to give blood. There was a lot of kindness to strangers and care to support people in distress. There were a few days of common grief and mourning, demonstrations of solidarity with the US across the world. And then the flags came out stars and stripes on buildings, on cars, on lapels. Nationalism showed its face. The war on terror became the response of political leaders. It divided people, it created distrust. It targeted groups of people, Arabs, Muslims, South Asians, immigrants. How should Christians respond to anger, fear, grief, caused by violent aggression? The apostle Paul tells us in Romans 12, dear friends, don't try to get even. Let God take revenge. Don't let evil defeat you, but defeat evil with good. I don't remember when I learned that Michael Baksh had started a new job on that Tuesday. I do remember the first Sabbath after 9-11. We had a special service. The Baksh family was here. We held on to the hope that somewhere, somehow, people may have survived. Then, a few weeks later, the church was full for Michael's memorial service. I remember how his wife, Christina, told us how they had spent their last weekend together, not knowing that it would be the last. We mourned together with the Baksh family, with Martyr, Maurice, Marva, Maureen, Michelle, Christina, Eva and James. Later, we mourned with Marilyn for her father. Advent Hope, in these first few months after 9-11, turned into a hub of activities. A group of crisis counselors arrived from Andrews University and used Advent Hope as their base. They stayed downstairs in the basement. Um, They went downtown and provided support to first responders. They also offered sessions here in the sanctuary, where people from the neighborhood came into the building to talk, to listen, to share their emotions, and to find comfort. We organized a panel discussion on understanding the Muslim faith where we invited two New York-based Imams, a representative of a Muslim organization and where we had the director of the Global Center for Adventist-Muslim relations with us. The church was packed with people from the neighborhood. There was great eagerness to understand we also joined the citywide vigil. We stood outside the church, read scripture, sang hymns, and passersby joined us. We organized a concert to raise funds for the families of firefighters in this neighborhood. The program included a woman who recited from the Koran. I still remember how she said one line that started with, let us compete with each other. I was worried what she would say. But then she said, let us compete with each other in doing good. What is expected of us today in a world of grief, of division. Let us see others in the image of God. Let us be peacemakers. Let us speak out against hate and injustice. Our God has told us what is good and what the Lord requires from us to do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with our God.